Let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. We will finish this chapter this evening, Lord willing we live. But before we begin, uh, and we're going to be get, beginning around verse 47, I believe, let us kind of review uh, with some of the things that took place in this chapter. Uh, everything Jesus was going to teach the disciples is coming to an end. Now, the things that they had been taught and were really going to be tried and tested. <laughs> Jesus told them after two days of the feast of the Passover, he would be betrayed. The religious sect and those behind it were careful because during the Passover, there would be millions of people there. And many considered Jesus a great teacher. During this time, a woman came and washed Jesus' feet with expensive ointment. The disciples were in outrage, especially Judas, saying this ointment could have been sold and given to the poor. What the woman did represented his burial. What Judas was about to do would cause his death. The first day of the week, the disciples wanted to know where Jesus would have, have them go and prepare the Passover. When they had done so and sat down to eat, this is when Jesus told them one of them would betray him. Everyone wanted to know who it was. Peter persuaded John to ask secretly. Jesus told John, the one who I give a sop when I dip it. But they still didn't quite know because when he when it was given to Judas, he ran out and they thought Jesus had given him a task to do. Jesus had communion with them for the last time and said he would not do this again until he drank it new with them in his father's kingdom. Now, Jesus gives them some more news. He just told them one would betray him. Now he tells them that all of them would deny him. Peter said, though all shall be offended, I won't. But Jesus told Peter, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. Peter said, I should die before I deny you. And so said them all. It was now time for Jesus to separate himself from the disciples and pray to his father. He took with him three of the disciples and went away. He told them to watch and pray, but they could not. The spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. How many have found in many situations that you encounter and go through, your spirit is willing to do what the word says, but your flesh is weak. It takes a press. Mm -hmm. Jesus could have picked many places to pray. But the question is, why the garden? When Jesus told Judas to do what he had to do, Jesus did not hide. Judas knew all the places Jesus would be. 
Jesus went to the garden to pray and to prepare to meet his enemies. Now let's pick it up at verse 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. For with he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. Once again, when you walk with Christ, you are going to find the ones that are closest to you can be the ones that hurt you the most. Sometimes on purpose and sometimes unaware. Verse 50 says, And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou? Come. Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Judas kissed Jesus out of betrayal, and Jesus still called him friend. When someone does you wrong, what do you do? How do you treat them? Can they still see Christ in you? When someone does not treat you right, is that when you lay down your religion and pick up the old man and give them a piece of your mind? Just think about how that sounds. You lay down your religion. You pick up the old man and give them a piece of your mind. You need every bit of your mind that you got. Religion and the old man are about one and the same. When we receive Christ, we need to get rid of the old man and religion. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Verse 51 says, And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant on the high priest and smote off his ear. Now we know who cut off the man's ear. It was Peter, quick-tempered Peter, the one who said, I will die before I deny you. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. What really could be said here and needs to be understood now in these trying days is we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our fight today is not against flesh and it is against spirit. We need to recognize what we are fighting against. Jesus said, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give the, me more than 12 legions of angels? In other words, if we needed an army, Father would have sent all the help I need. In the Old Testament, God sent angels down many times to stand in between or behind those he was protecting. So if God did that for them, don't you think he would have done it for his son if it was necessary and needful? Verse 54 says, but how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? What is about to be done must be done so we may 
obtain salvation and so the scripture might be complete. In that same hour, said Jesus to the multitude, are you come out against a thief with swords and staffs for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple and you laid no hold on me. At this time, Judea was infested with thieves and robbers. They were obligated to come and arm against them. So Jesus was asking, are you coming to me as a thief and a robber? Jesus is saying, I came and sat with you daily. So why come to me in this hostile manner? But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Remember, Jesus had just said, all you shall be offended of me this night. They ran. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to, to Sophiaphus, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Peter fled and is now trying to make up for it by following to see what they were going to do. Maybe he could find a way to break him out. If nothing else, he could tell the others what they did, not knowing this was the beginning of what Jesus told him he would do. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witnesses against Jesus to put him to death. They needed someone to testify to make their case. Someone who could accuse Jesus of something. But found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses. And again, this was done that the scriptures might be fulfilled. It says in Psalms 27 and 12, Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. And said this, verse 61 says, And said this fellow, said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it up in three days. We know Jesus was referring to himself as the temple, but they did not. Again, a prophecy of what is being fulfilled. Verse 62, And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou me? What is it which these witnesses against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God as if he knows him that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Again, what Jesus is saying is the fulfilling of the scriptures. For in Psalms 110 and 1 it said, The Lord said unto the Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Daniel said, I saw in the night vision and behold, one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. 
Look at verse 65. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. Jesus ain't bit more blaspheme than they having a reason to crucify him. They could not find a reason. They could not find a true witness. They didn't have evidence of wrongdoing. All they had was made up accusations. What think ye? They answered and said, he is guilty of death. What this reminds me of is this. The people running and making accusations today. They are as wrong and guilty as they can be. But the people follow and don't care about the truth. Look at verse 67. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him and others smote him with the palm of their hands saying prophesy unto us thou Christ who is he that smote thee again the fulfilling of the scriptures for Isaiah 53 3 said he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not now Peter sat up with out in the palace and a damsel came unto him saying thou also was with Jesus of Galilee Peter saw what they were doing to Jesus mm -hmm. and now he was being spotted out when Jesus told Peter was about to be fulfilled but if you also think about it Peter was there also as a witness that he could give an account of all they did to Christ that it may be recorded for our sakes. But he denied, but he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. Peter is saying, You must be mistaken. I don't know what you are talking about. We point the finger at Peter. But how many times have we been someplace and refused to acknowledge who we are in Christ? Mm. 71. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there. This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath. I do not know the man with an oath. Mind you, he was lied. He has lied and, and supports it by swearing to it. He did not say, I don't know what you are talking about then. He said, I do not know the man. This is straight out denial. And after a while came unto him, <clears throat> they that stood by and said to Peter, surely thou also art one of them for thy speech betrayeth thee. For them to say this, there had to have been something, some talk among them. Peter must have been talking. When you have been laboring and walking with Jesus, how many know you don't talk, walk, or act the same way? People around you can tell you are different. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. Peter could no longer resist the evidence that he was known. His language betrayed him, and now there was a positive witness. Peter decided to add 
to the sin of denying him by using profanity, by cursing and swearing. Immediately after the cock crowed, and what Jesus said to Peter has now come to pass. Look at verse 75. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crowed, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. In Luke twenty-two sixty-one, it says that the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. The delicacy of this reproof is great. Peter must be reproved and alarmed. Otherwise, he would have went further in his iniquity. Jesus is bound and cannot go and speak to him. If he called aloud, the disciples would be discovered. It would, he would become a victim to Jewish malice and Roman jealousy. Peter left the place feeling bitter and cried. But Jesus told Peter in John, I have prayed for you. When you are converted, strengthen the brethren. As much as Peter was bold for and in the world, he became just as mighty and bold in Christ. Let us keep this, these two things in mind. Whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Paul said, herein do I exercise myself to have a conscience void of offense towards God and man. With that, my time is up and I thank you for yours.